Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Paz IM Radio with your co-hosts Robert Brining and Aaron Laxton. We go around the world and across the United States. Join in the conversation by calling in to 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. This week, we have your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause IM Radio. I hope you're ready for season two because it starts now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this Sunday, May 21st edition of Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Uh, this afternoon, I am flying solo. Aaron is under the weather. Um, he'll be returning next week. So, Aaron, get better. Uh, we miss you. Uh, look for uh, Aaron Laxton online, Aaron Matthew Laxton online for all his information. Um, or go to our website, Pause I Am Radio. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. We have a good show, good guest lined up today. Daniel Garza will be. Uh, joining us in a few minutes. Um, I met him at uh, Healthy Voices 17 in Chicago a few weeks ago. What an amazing individual. Uh, true definition of a survivor and um, also hosts his own podcast called Put It Together and he's going to come on and share his story and talk about his work and um, what he does in his podcast and, and all the cool interesting things that make him who he is because he is definitely a, a cool guy. Um, we had some good connections when we were uh, there at the conference, so I'm excited to have him come on. Like I told you, this month I'm featuring other people who have podcasts. Uh, last week we spoke with um, Positively D, who uh, of course has a, a podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. If you search uh, Blog Talk USA and search for Positively D, you will find her information there, or go to our website, positiveandradio.com, and uh, click the links that we provide under the uh, past episodes for 2017. Um, so we're doing some updates to the website. If you want to go ahead there and check it out, let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We would love to hear it. Uh, we're definitely looking for uh, sponsors and partnerships. If anyone is out there and interested in being part of the show and have some unique uh, thing that you would like to add to maybe a weekly broadcast, please connect uh, with me. Uh, you can contact me through the website, pauseamradio at yahoo.com. Um, we're always looking for new things to uh, improve the show and to bring fresh content to people. So if you have ideas, please shoot us. Um, those through the website. We also are taking questions uh, via Twitter. So if you are on Twitter and are listening and have questions for me or Daniel later or throughout the show or in general about HIV or AIDS, please feel free to tweet us at Radio. That's P-O-Z-I-A-M-R-A-D-I-O. Please, uh, we'll be checking that throughout the show as well. The chat room is open. So 
for those who don't know, my birthday was yesterday. I turned uh, 38, and I am not feeling any different. I, you know, I'm enjoying life, and moving on is just a number. So I want to thank everybody who sent me uh, emails and messages through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, or called me or texted me. Um, happy birthday. I want to say thank you for your kind wishes, and um, I appreciate all of them. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good year. I feel like this year is going to be good. Uh, something is, uh, I just feel like a lot of growth coming up. I have a lot of good ideas to do with the, the show and I, I want to implement them in this year. So I have to start reaching out to some other uh, activists that I have in mind that I would like to get involved with this new project that I have. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good year. So stay tuned for, for information that we have coming up um, about, uh, you know, more partnerships and, and, and bringing you some, some cool alternatives. So I'm excited about that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead over and take a listen to um, – oh, actually, I see our, our guest is on the, the line here. So let's go ahead and bring Daniel Garza on the line. So please welcome. Daniel, how are you? Hey, good morning. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, good morning where you're at, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's about 11 o'clock here. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, cool. Yes, hi, how are you? I am well. How are you? I, I'm doing good. I had breakfast. I woke up late this morning, and uh, I got on nice and cute to be able to talk to you on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. You know, we we met each other. I was talking a little bit earlier about how we met at Healthy Voices and how, like, that conference was amazing for me to, to meet and connect with other people like yourself. And um, how was that? Was that the first time you were at that conference? Yes. Uh, it was my first year. Uh, very exciting. But I've been following you for a while. I, I've been uh, a fan of your work and uh, listened to the show a couple of times. And I was really starstruck when I met you. I remember when you met me, you told me you thought I was going to have some sort of attitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, it's one of those things like you, you have this preconceived image and it, it kicks our ass all the time. But I, was, I, I am a big fan of your work. I still am a big fan of your work. And I, I, I knew your name. I knew your face. Uh, I've seen your work. And I was like, I'm really excited to meet Robert. But... Um, you told me that you never actually got the messages, so I'm going to believe that. But I had asked you to be on my podcast once, and I never got a response. And I was like, what a douche. Like, you didn't respond. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So when I met you, of course, it had been a long day. We, we all flew in that Wednesday before. So I'm sure we were all kind of like in this, you know, traveling high. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't really get to talk to you much until like a little later in the evening. And then I realized that you were such a nice guy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit that the ego side of me was disappointed because I wanted you to be a total douche so I could be a total douche back <laughs> at you. And I'm like, I'm going to let this queen have it. And then you turned out to be really nice. And I was like, damn you, foiled again. Um, but no, you, you turned out to be just an amazing friend, and 
uh, we, we got to hang out quite a bit and talk, and I got to see uh, not just how, and, and it's not because I'm a guest on your show, but it's going to sound like I'm kissing your ass, but I got to see how smart you are, how intelligent, you're so creative, um, you're so spontaneous, which is something that I thrive on. I love just to be like, hey, this is an opportunity, let's get on the air. This is an opportunity, let's record this. And I, I, I love that. Um, but then you're so human, you're so, uh, you have such a tender and loving side that I don't think people get to see that on the radio. Um, you just turned out to be a really amazing human being, and I'm so honored that I got to meet you. Oh, well, I feel the same way, and I'll send you your check after the show, okay, um, for saying all those <laughs> nice things. <laughs> but, but no, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and please send me back my green card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I felt the same way about you, you know. I, and if you, I believe that you sent me the emails, and it may have been I may have been going through an issue at the time you know, whether it be a relationship or something personal, you know, that I may not have seen it, I may not have responded, I may have been a douche at the time, um, but I'm glad that I was able to um, <laughs> improve your image of me. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Not, not so much, I'm glad. And, better, yeah. <laughs> and if that invitation still open, I would love to be on your show sometime. <laughs> yes, and uh, I've already told Christian that we've got to come to uh, Philly. I love Philly, and we've got to come out there and visit you. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. So, so let's go ahead. For people who don't know who you are, I want to kind of start from the beginning, and that's why I like having people who I've never okay. had on before. Um, I love getting updates from people, but I also love getting kind of I like to call like fresh meat people. I can start from the beginning and get all the symptoms from the beginning of when you were diagnosed and what that felt like, how you you know what made you get tested, and kind of move on to how you became who you are in your podcast and things like that. So I kind of just want to start, you know, hit the rewind button, start from the beginning. Tell me what generally, and if you don't want to answer anything, you're more than welcome to say, I'll skip over that or whatever. It's whatever. We don't judge, at least not on air. Um, And (laughs) we'll, uh, (laughs) but what I'll do is um, tell me what made you get tested and and what was it like when you were diagnosed? Okay, well, the, the story starts in 1990. I was working, I was living in Dallas, Texas. Um, I'm originally from Mexico, raised in Texas. But I was working in an office, and, and one of the guys at the office uh, had TV. So everybody had to go get tested. So I went to go get tested, and uh, based on the questionnaire, the nurse uh, decided that she would have to test me for HIV as well. Uh, now, to put in perspective, I was, I was 19 years old, 20, and didn't know a whole lot about HIV and AIDS other than that you were going to die. So they did the test and I went back for the results and they were going to run another test and I chickened out. I bailed. I never took the second test. So that's 1990. So in 10 years later, in 2000, I'm living in Houston and I start getting really sick, all the symptoms. I had uh, bronchitis, I was uh, loosey muscle, I was sunken in, I lost weight, I was vomiting, diarrhea, night sweats. Um, so I got really sick and I worked in a restaurant. So they let me go with the condition that I would go get checked and get better and then come back to work. 
Well, I ended up in the hospital, and I'm cutting, I'm cutting to some parts, but I ended up in the hospital. Uh, four days later, after being admitted, they came with my results. And my T-cell count was like 110, and I weighed like 108 pounds. So I was diagnosed with AIDS in September what year of was 2000. This? 2000? 2000, okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, people thought I was going to die. I mean, I had family members come in uh, to see me that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, a priest came to see me, so I thought I was dying. And God bless. I don't know how or why he has me around, but I recovered. I got out of that. Um, I was pretty heavy into drugs and alcohol at the time. I started uh, using Coke and when I was 20, and I started drinking when I was like 16. So right. all, through my, all through my initial diagnosis, I was drinking and doing drugs. I wasn't really good with my medications. Um, and again, I'm skimming through all this when we can go back and fill in the, the gaps. Um, I finally sobered up in 2007. So this June 21st, I would be 10 years clean and sober. Um, wow, congratulations. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for those of, you, the, those of y'all listening in the program. I'm hitting double digits, and I'm really proud and excited about that. And uh, so, so what, what so did this, you what did you do to to get clean and sober? What was your process for that? Because I, 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 I had in, the same issue. I got in trouble. Um, I was working <laughs> at a non I was getting, working at a nonprofit in Houston, and I was part of the PR department of it. And we had been donated all these laptops and. The company was shutting down. We were closing. We lost all our funding. And part of the deal was that when we, we shut down, we would keep our laptops. And I didn't make it to the last day. I quit a couple of days before because I had gotten a new job. Well, the board of directors and I hated each other. He was an, a nasty queen, and I hated him. And he called me and said, you have to return it. I'm like, no, that's not part of the deal. Anyway, long story short. He uh, filed a report. Uh, I ended up going to, uh, to jail for, for theft, which was later dismissed. And the judge, well, sorry, my probation officer, every time I had to go, for anybody who's ever been on probation, I had to go do my uh, urine test. And every time I showed up, I would show up high. So it would come up positive. And finally, my probation officer was like, you know, we, we have to do something about this. You don't have a record. There's nothing on you. But if you keep this up, you're going to go to jail. She's like, may I suggest you go to rehab? And I was like, I'm not going to go to rehab. And this is before Amy Whitehouse. So there was no song at the time. But um, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I didn't have a glee moment or a musical intro. But I still debated. I was like, hmm, three months in rehab or a year, a year in jail. And I'm like, I know there's some hot guys in jail. I know about this rehab place. And she said, you know, in three months' time, you're out, you'll be on probation a couple of months, and you're done. She's like, and you, you're done. And I was like, I, I gave her every excuse. I'm gay, I'm HIV positive, um, all kinds of shit. I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have uh, depression. But she found a place for me. Well, then the judge didn't want to sign off on it. She said, no, he's probably faking it so he doesn't have to go to jail. 
So on the day of court, I still remember, I was, I was supposed to show up to court on Tuesday. And whatever the decision was, I was to turn myself in on Friday. So on, Tuesday, on, on Monday night, I go and get an, uh, like an 80 of crack, because I was a crackhead by then. I got crack and I got me a bottle of wild turkey because those were my favorite combinations. And <laughs> I got high and I got drunk and I didn't sleep. And come nine o'clock in the morning, I'm there in court, high as a kite, drunk off my ass. I smelled like a brewery. And I walk in and the probation officer is like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be the judge. And I'm sure they could smell it on me. Um, for anybody who's never smoked crack, there's a certain aroma that lingers in your bo- on your body. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure people could smell it. And I walked into court. I was the first on the docket. They called my name. I go up and the judge is like, so Mr. Garza, uh, are, you, are you a drug addict or are you just faking it? And I started crying. It was very novella, very Telemundo. And I was bawling in front of the court and I was like, judge, and I, that's what, I think that was the most honest I'd been in years. I looked at her and I said, if you let me walk out that door and don't send me to rehab, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to make it. This is it. And I was crying and the judge was like, okay, re- report Monday. I mean, Friday, you're going to rehab. And I was like, yes. And I ended up going to rehab for three months uh, to a place called Bay Area recovery center in Dickinson, Texas, which is right outside of uh, Galveston. Um, small little town, you sneeze, you miss it. Uh, I was 36 years old, but to this date, I will say, it was the best summer of my life. It, they broke me down, they tore me apart, and they rebuilt me, and I became a man at 36 years old. I learned to take responsibility. I learned to be, uh, wow. I, I learned just to be stronger, to be more compassionate. And I think the most important thing is I learned to really like myself. I didn't like me and I thought I did. You know, you, you grow up and you're like, oh, I like me. Nobody can change me. Da da da. And and you're just this cartoon image of everything around you. And for the first time, I looked in the mirror and I was like, "You're kind of cool. Like you without drugs and alcohol, you're still funny. You're still likable. You can still cook. And you know you're you're good. And I still like tacos. So that was good. And um, and then through the process. The first year um, out of rehab, I learned to love myself. And to um, my first boyfriend after rehab had a, a saying, and he would always say, every time we would get into a fight, he would say, I'm perfect in my imperfection. And that was his way of getting out of a fight. I learned to pick, I learned to understand that. Like, I'm perfect in my imperfection. Mm-hmm. Yes, sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I don't get to where I need to get on time. Sometimes I have to cancel stuff and sometimes I can be a total asshole, but that's just me being imperfect and I'm okay that way. That's okay. Um, I get to break down. I get to cry. Um, so anyway, that, 
from there, it just I just kept going, you know, kept going. Moved to California in 2009 with that boyfriend at the time. Um, we broke up shortly after. So, so uh, let me ask you this before you, oh, Yes. For one second. So how did you deal with, because once you kind of got back, your health is all back and everything's good, you know, and you're, you're like I said, you moved to California. How did you deal with disclosing to people? Um, like, how was it? I know for me, it I, was hard. Like, I was in a relationship when I was diagnosed. So for me, it was very difficult for me after that relationship ended to then say those words again, I'm HIV positive. You know what I mean? I just wouldn't date anybody or I would date somebody and stay with them forever so I didn't have to do it again. Oh, that, that that's harsh. Um, well, in my the beginning, you know, in the sister, beginning. Yeah. When, my, when, when I was diagnosed in the hospital, my sister and my parents were in the room with me when I was told. Uh, right. So that kind of, that pulled that band-aid off. I was like, okay, they know. It's done. Um, but when I was, I was outed when I was 17 and mm-hmm. I promised myself at that age that I would never be embarrassed about being gay, that I was never going to hide it. That was a promise that I made to myself. I'm like, I'm going to be proud of being gay. So when I got, uh, when I was diagnosed, I made it that same promise. I'm like, I will not be embarrassed about being positive. It's not something I asked for. It's not something that I wanted. It just happened. So uh, people would ask my family what was wrong with me, and they would say, oh, he's just sick, or he had, he had bronchitis or whatever. And they would ask me, and I'm like, oh, I have AIDS. And people would be like, oh, okay. Uh, I lost contact with a lot of friends. I lost contact with a lot of family. But I was like, I'm not going to lie. Dating was different. Um, dating... Well, okay, one of the things that helped, I lived in South Texas. Uh, hello to all the people down in the Texas Valley. Um, and I, I joined a support group with other gay HIV positive people. And it seemed to be like the real world there because everybody dated everybody. So you kind of made the rounds. And so I initially dated people who were positive and gay. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, then I moved back to and I didn't really date because I was still um, um, oh wait a minute no let me rewind because I forgot about Keith oh shit Uh, sorry I just cussed Um, Uh, my first boyfriend in Houston Keith uh, we met at a bar he was a bartender this is before I got sober and um, he had been a nurse before being a bartender and when I told him that I was positive, he was like, oh, don't worry, I, I, I got discovered. Um, after that, it was kind of weird. But I have, you have to remember, um, between 2001 and 2006, before I got sober, um, I was doing drugs and drinking. So a lot of times it was just one night stands or boyfriends that I dated because we would get high and have sex. So, um, Sometimes I was too high and I just didn't disclose and just make sure that we were, you know, try to make sure we were careful. Um, other times it wasn't even sex. If it, for anybody who's ever been a drug addict, you know, most of the times the hookup is just about partying and maybe a couple of, yeah. you know, grabbing each other's wee, you grab each other's wee, but you're too high to even get it up. So you're like, okay, whatever. Um, 
and then you pretend you have an orgasm and you go to bed. Um, when I finally sobered up, <laughs> when I finally sobered up, uh, my first boyfriend and I met, we were both in, in recovery. Um, and on the way to dinner, our first date, I told him, before we sit down to dinner, I need to tell you something. And I, and I said, I, I'm positive. And he goes, oh, so am I. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, cool. So we're done. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're both in recovery. We both, we don't drink. We don't do drugs. And we're both positive. I'm like, all right. And um, there, I was with him for about three years. Uh, after we broke up here in, in California, I went online. And on the profiles, I would never put my status. I, I used to think that's something I need to say in, in person. It shouldn't be on my, on my right. profile. But then it, it, it became awkward to tell people over dinner and, or on a date or right before your pants fall. And I was like, ugh, right. well, plus I was doing it. I was doing education and um, I thought it was very hypocritical of me to go out to schools and tell kids to be, you know, upfront and talk and be honest. And meanwhile, I was not being honest. I was like, ah. And, you know, my mother taught me never talk with your mouth full. So it was literally disrespectful. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm giving, I'm giving uh-huh. um, <laughs> So I finally put, I put, I put it on my profile. And now people who wanted to go out with me would know from the beginning whether, you know, that I was positive. And when I met my boyfriend, Christian, um, he already knew. By the time we went out, he knew I was, I was positive. And um, it made it a whole lot easier. So, and, and then I started blogging in five years. Oh, well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And then... That's so I, awesome. You so know, so before you move on to... Before you go on to okay. blogging, I want to, um, real quick... Um, I want to play uh, this week's uh, HIV scoop um, with Josh Robbins, so that'll be coming up right now. We'll be right back with Daniel Garza. This is your HIV scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusive for Pause I Am Radio. Buzzworthy HIV news in under 90 seconds. Here's Josh Robbins in this week's HIV scoop. Hey, what's up? I'm Josh Robbins, and this is your HIV Scoop. On November the 17th, 2015, Charlie Sheen publicly announced he was living with HIV on a memorable interview with Matt Lauer on the Today Show. We all remember that. Researchers were dumbfounded at the reaction of the public based on Internet search data, which has been well studied, primarily searches for HIV prevention and testing. Now, this announcement that he made was not coordinated with any public health initiative, nor did Sheen specifically call for everyone to be screened at the time. At the time, it was also coined the Charlie Sheen effect, or for short, the Sheen effect. Well, the week Sheen made the announcement, a near doubling of the only rapid testing kit available occurred, which also reached their all-time high. For the next three weeks following his announcement, sales remained elevated with 8,225 more sales than they expected. Pretty cool. Mark your 2018 calendars today for the third HIV is not a conference national training academy. 
Now, this event supports the repeal of laws that criminalize the alleged non-disclosure of HIV or perceived or potential exposure or transmission, according to a press release from the Ciro Project and Positive Women's Network USA. The training program is going to take place June 3rd through the 6th, 2018 in Indiana. Participants, those living with HIV and those who are not, will be trained about the laws that criminalize people with HIV and the best practices to get those laws repealed. To me, that's a good thing. Don't forget, Napo Pharmaceuticals, my HIV thank you, is happening now. Go to HIVthankyou.com and leave a thank you for somebody important and instrumental in your journey living with HIV. I'm Josh Robbins. This was your HIV Scoop. And there you have it. Thank you, Josh Robbins. And for more information on Josh and the HIV Scoop, please check out his website, amstilljosh.com. Daniel, are you back with me? I'm still here. All right. I'm so glad to have you with us. And those just tuning in, you're listening to Pazime Radio. This is Robert Reining. I'm joined by today's guest, Daniel Garza. Um, so, Daniel, let's talk a little bit about your blog, and then let's move on to your podcast, too, because I want to talk about all the different things that you talk about on that and, you know, all the cool things you do over there. So tell me about what sure, made you sure. start blogging. What yeah. made you become vocal about it? Because a lot of people will be diagnosed, you know, and, and kind of, you know, you said you got you went through the thing and, and got clean and sober and, you know, and had a clear frame and started to love yourself. And that's a lot of the reasons why some of us, you know, tend to use drugs or turn down that path because we don't have that love for each other or, you know, for ourselves. So hearing that you have discovered that, what made you then say, you know what, I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. I'm just going to be an activist. Like, how did that start? Okay. So I was, I was very nervous in September 2000, I started doing presentations that March or April of the next year. So right away, I was already out talking to schools, uh, presenting at, at, at churches and uh, school, or now, universities or whatever. But my first blogs were one-minute videos. I used to do one-minute videos with Daniel, and it was just a minute of ranting or something. And... Um, I just thought I was going to change the world with my yelling and, and, and being mad about whatever. And oddly enough, I saw an episode of Oprah where I think it was a rerun at that time, but where she said that at one point she stopped and looked at herself in the mirror and she says, I've got to use my microphone and this, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to use my platform, my microphone for, for change for better instead of just hyping all the negativity in the world. And I thought, God damn, Oprah, I, I'm, I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to be the Mexican gay Oprah. And <laughs> I, I, I started, uh, when I moved to California, I wasn't working a whole lot and I was home in the morning. So I started with a, a series called Morning Tea with Daniel. And Morning Tea with Daniel was, I would read these inspirational things on the air, talk about how it affected me, um, and I would wake up straight from bed, make my tea to the camera, hair sticking up, uh, drool on my cheeks, whatever. I, I didn't change anything. No edits. And in that, I would start sharing my story to people. I was already doing it at school, but I wanted the people watching me to know that um, despite what you go through in life, 
no matter what the universe throws your way, it's, it's like a Mario game. If you just play it right, you will jump over those blocks, you will get the coins, and you'll make it to the end. Now, unlike Mario, at the end, I wanted to be the princess and wear the dress. But that's it. <laughs> um, I, uh, I just started sharing it. And then um, Morning Tea with Daniel lasted for about a year and a half. And then I, I did it in Spanish. Then the opportunity to um, podcast came up because I was a guest on a friend's podcast. And I asked for an opportunity to do my own show, which is how Put It Together started. And Put It Together was the me telling my story of working with, and I always say that there's these different personalities in me. There's Daniel, the AIDS patient. There's Daniel, alcoholic, uh, drug addict. There's the depressed Daniel. There's gay Daniel. And then there's this normal Daniel. Um, but no issues when he has all the issues. Um, uh-huh. and, and how I, I, how I put it all together to make it work. And that was the transition from video blogging to podcasting. Um, but I was still doing presentations to this date. I still do presentations at schools and I would, uh, I was writing for examiner.com and which is now gone, but I would write blogs there. I had my personal blog for a while in English and Spanish. Oh, because I did podcasts in English and Spanish. But then I thought that HIV was getting lost in my podcast. So I created a third podcast. So I have three shows at once. Uh, put it together. <laughs> Corazón en la mano, the Spanish version. And Vita Positum, which is positive life in Latin. Um, and that was the HIV show. So at one point, I had three shows, public speaking, a video blog, and I was writing for a magazine. And those were weekly. Uh, talk about stress. I was really like... Yeah, that takes ah. up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, and I would, have, I would have guests on all three shows. So I was coordinating phone calls with people all week long. It was, it was, it was, plus I, I would have a job on the weekend working promotions. And you understand this. It, it gets exhausting after a little while. Um, oh, yeah. But that, trying to reach people, that, you know, reach out to them yeah. to come on the show and then, you know, staying in contact and then posting the blog and then posting the episode and then sharing it everywhere. You know what I mean? And getting it all. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work. So for you to have three of them at one time, wow, that's, that's impressive. Because I know doing Pazai yeah. Radio is a is an undertaking for myself. You know the websites. You got to keep up everything. Yeah, and it's people not just don't, and talking, people don't you know? understand. Yeah, some people don't get it that you have to advertise and you have to. There's by the time you get a guest on the air, you've probably done like twenty emails or texts back and forth, trying to coordinate everything. Um, Mm-hmm. Never mind if somebody cancels at the last minute and you're like, wow, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, holy shit. Or sometimes yeah, it's, I especially live in, sucks because it's a lot. 
I was going to say because it's a live what? show, you know what I mean? Some people record their podcast, and for us, you know, it's doing it live. So that last-minute cancellation yeah. is like, uh, you know, like what are we going to talk about, you know? And we've had that a few times, and I have a few people who are who sit like kind of, I guess, in the wings, and they're waiting, and they, they know that, God forbid, if something happens, I can reach out to them and get them on the show at last minute to kind of at least fill in for me and and still give a, a great message so what kind of people do you or what kind of things do you talk about on put it together put it together um well my belief is that any anybody by the age of 20 has been dealing with some kind of crap in their life you've dealt with something um so anybody from 16 to dying could be on my show um people who have survived something, people who have created something, whether it be a book, a play, uh, an art gallery, um, people who have succeeded at something. And people are listening on the radio right now going, well, that's me. Yes, you, you listening, anybody listening to the show, if you have survived, anything in your life if you have succeeded and by successes i think we don't we forget the small successes isn't that something we talked about uh at the conference about about uh celebrating the small successes we think that a success has yes. to be like graduation but what about all the classes that you passed to get to graduation celebrate that um, mothers, you know, a mother that celebrates her child getting married. What about dealing with your kid in work when he had the cold or when all your three kids had diarrhea and you dealt with that? That's a success. Um, so everybody and anybody, I've had my boyfriend on my show several times, um, talking about different things uh, happening with him. Um, I've had my sister on the Spanish show. That is one of my favorite shows, not because she's my sister, but uh, for the Spanish show, I was in Texas and I was kind of stressing out. She's like, what? I'm like, I don't have anything to talk about this week on my show. She's like, well, what do you want? I said, I just need a guest to talk. And she's like, I want to be your guest. I'm like, cool, what do you want to talk about? And she says, you have never asked me how I felt when I found out you were diagnosed. And I was like, whoa. And I thought about it. I'm like, you're right. I said, nobody's ever asked you. She goes, nobody ever asked the siblings. They'll ask the parents, but they never asked the siblings. I'm like, you are, you are right. So she came on my show and she, the show was called My Brother Has AIDS. And it's a show all in Spanish where she talks about how she felt finding out that her baby brother had AIDS and how, what she went through, the fears and um, the anxiety. And she had children and not knowing and how she educated herself to know better. Uh, and then oh she God, apologized you just gave me, to me. I'm sorry, Daniel, but you yeah. just gave me a great idea for a show. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she apologized oh, that's incredible. to me on the show. Because when I was first diagnosed, she would not touch me. And she wouldn't let me get, get near my nephews. And she apologized to me on the show for, for pushing me away. And how sorry she felt that I'm like, you know what? You, you get what you had to do, and it's all good. It's all good. But it's now, was that something that you shows. felt? Uh, did you feel oh, yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. Or like, was it obvious? Okay, it was obvious. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I was, I was definitely pushed aside a little bit. Um, and then I've had gotcha. people that um, I think, I think some of your listeners might know. Um, Josh Middleton has been on my show a couple of times. Love him. We uh, love him. We're we're uh, we're we live relatively close to each other. That was another good show. He was on my HIV show, one of my first guests. And cool. his mom heard the show and she contacted me and she sounded kind of pissed off. And I thought, oh, crap, she doesn't want the show to air or something. Her thing was that she had heard the show and heard Josh's version of what happened. And she was like, there's another version. There's my side of the story. And I want people to know that. And I was like, kick ass, woman. So she, she was on my show to tell a mom's side of finding out that her straight son is HIV positive. Wow. And she tells cool. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the recording, she says, one of my first questions was, are you gay? And she's like, now I, I resent asking that. I was like, what? what? I was like, wow, that's really awesome. So I've had some amazing people, um, uh, people from A&U Magazine, um, John Francis Leonard has been on my show, um, talking about his book, uh, some really good people. When I, is, I encourage y'all. When, when is the show? Go ahead, go ahead. When can people listen to it? My new episodes, I just came back on the air after a, a, a year hiatus. Uh, we talked about things that are going on. Uh, we'll go back to the cancer. But I took a break from can- when I was going through cancer treatment and through my colonoscopy. Um, I'm sorry, to my, uh, yeah, uh, not colonoscopy, uh, my ostomy surgery. But um, it just came back in the air. So uh, the third episode of this new season just aired on Wednesdays. It comes out every Wednesday. Um, and I'm hitting all my friends here in L.A., Right now, uh, what what people? What time on Wednesdays? Um, usually, I turn in my shows on Tuesday night, and by Wednesday morning, it's up on my Facebook page. Um, okay, so Wednesday. So, okay. yeah, there's no particular set time, but Wednesday usually by noon, it's up and running. Um, it'll go to my producer who's in Phoenix. Hello, Mr. Moyers. I love Mr. Moyers. Um, Kevin Moyers, my producer. It goes to him, and then he'll post it online. Sometimes, and you know how this is, sometimes you're like last minute pushing it. Um, so sometimes it's Wednesday morning when I'm submitting my stuff, and he'll post it during the day. Right. But usually by Wednesday afternoon, you can find the new episodes either on my Facebook page, uh, Put It Together Podcast, or my personal page, Daniel Garza. There you go. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break real quick and listen to some of our positive messages from Kevin Maloney and Rise Up to HIV. We'll be uh, listening from Alicia and Joe, uh, and we'll be right back with uh, Daniel. We'll be right back with you. Hello, everyone. My name is Alicia. Some call me Lovely or Healed Lee. In 2001, I was diagnosed HIV positive. And, you know, I had an option allow that diagnosis to overtake my life or I overtake HIV. And that is exactly what I did. I took a stand. I took a stand to know that I am healed, that I am prosperous, that I am a beautiful and loving person and I deserve to be loved. HIV does not define me. I define HIV. 
I'm happy, I'm inspirational, and I am vibrant. I love myself. And I encourage you that if you received any diagnosis, if you received any terrible news, take a stand, know who you are, and continue on your path to greatness. I encourage you to stay happy. Hi, I was diagnosed in March of 1990, three months shy of my 21st birthday. When I went to see the doctor, he told me that my viral load was up in the millions and that my CD4 count was less than 200. Basically gave me five years to live. Um, at this time, I basically gave up all my dreams, my hopes, and the wanting to live. But fortunately, here I am, 26 years later, I'm very healthy. So my message to you guys is to never give up, never give hope, and to keep up the fight. Yo fui diagnosticado en marzo de 1990, tres meses antes de mi 21 cumpleaños. Um, en este momento el doctor me dijo que yo tenía el, el barrel load en los millones y el CD4 menos de 200. Me dio cinco años de vida. En este momento yo me di por vencido y no quise hacer más por mi vida, pero aquí estoy 26 años después y mi mensaje es que nunca pierdan el deseo de vivir, ¿ok? Sigan la pelea. And there you have it. Thank you, uh, Kevin Maloney and Rise Up to HIV for allowing us to broadcast your messages there. Positive messages can be found by going to uh, Rise Up to HIV um, on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the good spots. Daniel Garza is with us again today. Daniel, are you there? Yes, yes. Kevin Maloney, I love Kevin Maloney. Cool. Uh, so I listen, where Kevin. can I... I love Kevin. Yeah, I lo we love Kevin too. He's awesome. Um, he actually, I'm actually wearing my "No Shame About Being HIV Positive" T-shirt um, right now. So if people go on to our Twitter account uh, at Positive Radio, they can see the post that I just put before we went live. So let's talk about um, uh, one of the things you touched on before we left is uh, uh, cancer and how you um, are a survivor of how, how many years? You said two years. Two years now. Yeah. Two years. Um, so let's talk about that because that's important for people with HIV, people who, you know, they, they say people that are gay, sexually active, to really get tested for, you know, anal cancer. Yes. So there are about 23, 25 cancers associated with HIV where an HIV person has 23% more chances of getting it than people who are HIV negative, anal, uh, colon, rectal, uh, liver, throat are some of like the primary ones. And then all these other ones fall behind. Um, so I was diagnosed with anal cancer in, on Cinco de Mayo of 2015. So I celebrated Cinco de Mayo with, uh, with my anal cancer. Um, I tell everybody now that it was a pain in the butt, but it's all behind me now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, the diagnosis or the information the doctor gave me was basically that the combination of HIV, HPV, and uh, sexual activity was the cause of my cancer. And 
so obviously I'm HIV positive. At when I was younger and more sexually active, there were tears, um, maybe in a wart caused by the HPV. Somewhere online, something got infected, something allowed a growth to happen, and that's where the cancer started. My cancer was right on the sphincter, on the sphincter muscle. So people ask me about symptoms, what did I feel? I said, well, I started to get really bloated. I couldn't go to the bathroom. And when I did, there was blood. And it was very painful to go to the bathroom. Um, we originally thought that it was a hernia. And it, I did have a hernia. And it was a strangulated intestine, which I did have. And we thought that would be the end of that. Well, even after that hernia surgery, I still had issues. So this is a true story. When I went to my first doctor's visit, uh, Dr. Rad, uh, Dr. Bobby Rad here in, in, in Newport Beach, one of the most handsome doctors ever. Um, so if you're going to have a colorectal doctor, make sure he's cute. It'll seem like a date uh-huh. it's easier to deal with. And uh, so I go visit him the first time and... I'm sitting on the table with the, you know, the paper blanket over me and he walks in and says, Oh good. You, you run. He said something like you've undressed or you took your pants off. And I looked at him, I go, you know, doctor, under different circumstances, this would be very romantic. And he looked at me and was like, ah, so <laughs> then he's looking through my chart and goes, go ahead. And he goes, uh, lay down and get on your side. And I looked at him, I go, what? No dinner. And he's like, oh, <laughs> down. So then he goes in and, and, and he does the two finger check. And I'm on my side. He's got his finger checking and he goes, Oh, I can feel it. It's hard. And I turned around and looked at him. I go, That's what she said. And he looked at me and said, Daniel, I have my fingers up your butt. And I was like, What better way to break the ice than with jokes? So he is my favorite doctor in the world. But that's, that's funny. how, that's I mean, I, I, make, I make light of it because God bless, I'm alive. Uh, but there was a lot of complications a lot of the way. Uh, mm-hmm. There was uh, fistulas that happened from radiation. I went to radiation and chemo. There were fistulas, which are tears inside the body that were caused by radiation. Um, my... Uh, Sphincter is half gone because of the radiation and the tumor. Uh, I've had to have a colostomy surgery to keep the area clean because there's still wounds that are healing two years later. And uh, there was a, um, an artery that was exposed by one of the tears that uh, broke and I almost bled to death. Uh, so there's been a lot of stressful things along the way, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, sometimes foods just hit me wrong, and where other people, you know, would just go to the bathroom and have diarrhea, I have the bag and it just gets full and you get stressed out because it can, it can explode somewhere or um, it can peel because there's the little band, the, the pads that go on my skin, they can peel off. So it's kind of stressful, um, but I have a wonderful boyfriend who is so supportive, 
I just love him so much. Um, well, that's that. No that's matter awesome. what, I, I think that. I think that's awesome that you, you know you do have a, a wonderful boyfriend who's there and supportive because that's important. It seems like your family is very supportive, including your sister. Um, you know, you're here for a reason. God obviously has a, a mission for you or something because you're you're here surviving. You know, you you've dealt you dealt with HIV. You, you dealt with cancer. You dealt with uh, you know getting clean and sober. You know what I mean? Uh, or the other things you were talking about depression, things like that. So. Uh, you're here for a reason, Daniel, and I'm excited that I actually am friends with you and I got to meet you in person, and I hope that we're able to cross paths sooner, you know, coming up. I know there's a few conferences coming up. I don't know if you're familiar with Positive Living. No, please fill me in. I need to, I need to get yeah, in, involved positive, in more conferences. Positive Living is one of my favorite conferences in the world. It's probably, for me, the biggest one where the people who are actually there are HIV positive. You know what I mean? It, there's between, I think last year, the last time I was there, between three and 400 people um, that come to the conference wow. in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. It's beautiful, right on the beach. Um, and it's, uh, it's a Friday, Saturday, and early Sunday. Uh, week. It's like a weekend conference. It's put on by um, uh, Butch McKay. Uh, AidsOasis.org is the online website where you can check it out. It is awesome. There's so many cool things. I spoke there a few times with Aaron and with my previous hosts. It's awesome just to go and attend and to meet so many people, you know what I mean, and to have those conversations with people afterwards because you can hang out. You know what I mean? It's just it's really cool. It's really cool. You should check it out. I'm, I'm, I plan on going. Okay. Sure. I just found it on, my, on the website. So I'm going to look for yeah, it. <laughs> It's awesome. But, uh, yeah, contact Butch cool, and, cool. and, you know what I mean, it's it's cool. It's, you meet a lot of different people, and you'll meet so many people that you can interview. That's the cool thing. I've met so many people, made connections. They do this really cool, uh, like, a ceremony on the beach. Every every year, the one year they did, like, uh, everyone stands in a circle and passes a rock around and shares about somebody that they lost. You know what I mean? And just it's oh, wow. intimate, you know what I mean, personal things on, on a beautiful beach. I mean, it's amazing. You should definitely check that out. And I know, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but there is a um, Paz Brotherhood retreat um, that's coming up in July in the Poconos. And it's a spiritual retreat for uh, people living with HIV, you know, up there. And it's like a weekend where they do different things like yoga and there's different uh, classes and things like that. And uh, people go to brotherhoodretreats.com, I believe they can find information on that, if that that's uh, going to be coming up. I'm excited to go to that. It's my first year going there. Uh, BrotherhoodRetreats.com, yeah. uh, July 21st to the 23rd in the Poconos. It's 90 minutes from New York. I, I live in Philly, and um, uh, Cl- Class has been on the show for years, so every time he comes on, I, I'm like, I want to go, I want to go. You're so close. You're like an hour from me. And so this year he made it. He made it happen, so I'm excited to go and, and check that out. So, Daniel, we're actually down to the last couple minutes. Is there any uh, message you would like to give to somebody who may be listening who is newly diagnosed and just found out that they were positive? Um, yeah. If, if you are out there listening, if you're newly diagnosed and you're just finding out that you're positive, first of all, I'm going to suggest get mad. Go ahead, get mad, cry, stomp your feet, yell at God, whatever it is that you need to get out. Get all that negative energy out of your system because you don't, it's, you're not going to need it. 
It's not of any use to you later other than right now. Get mad, get frustrated, and then get over it because you're positive. Nothing's changed other than the fact that you're positive. And I think I heard you say that or, or, or Aaron, but nothing's changed. You're just, you just, you're just positive now. That's it. Um, you, you're still equally smart. HIV does not take your brain or your soul or your spirit. Second, get educated. Go get a book, go online, talk to people, get educated. Third, educate. Because people around you may not know everything, and you, it's up to you now to educate. With HIV comes great responsibility. And a part of that responsibility is to educate people. Because now you can become an activist, and, and you can become active in your community. And then last of all, take care of yourself. Take time to relax. Take time to meditate. Take time to tap into yourself. Um, if at this point you still don't like yourself, like yourself, then love yourself. Because if you, like in the world of the goddess RuPaul, if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Um, and then if you don't like you, why should we like you? Like if you want to love you, why should we love you? Like screw you. If you're going to be pissed off for the rest of your life, then who's going to come near you? And then you can't blame the world for that. So um, get mad, then get happy, then get educated, then educate, and then find yourself. Those would be my five points to you. Um, and if you have any problems with any of those, or if you have any issues, call me. I'll walk you through it. Because you know I do spiritual work too. So I am happy to help people transition through their process. And that's part of what I do. Um, well, there uh, you have You it. were one of my victims. Yeah, you were one of my victims at the <laughs> conference that I, I got to sit down with you with my cards. But I love doing that. I love sharing uh, knowledge with people. Um, and people are wonderful. People are wonderful. We just give each other a chance. We're all pretty cool. No, yeah, I, I loved uh, sitting down and having you read my cards because I haven't had that done in a while. And it was something that, you know, I was kind of involved with for a few years um, with somebody who I dated. So it was neat to kind of have somebody else take a look at it and give me insight. And it was it was good. It, was, it gave me things I needed to hear, and it helped me move forward from things that I was stuck at. So um, we're actually down to the last a uh, minute and a half. So I just want to um, put your information okay. out there. Where can people find you, uh, your website, Twitter, whatever, where do you want people to direct their information for you? Cool. So um, my website, um, it, it got messed up. So we're working on a new website with new information. So hold on to that. But you can find me on Facebook, look for Daniel Garza, um, or you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or uh, under Little Mexican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. Or um, on YouTube, uh, look for either Little Mexican or Daniel Garza, and you'll find all my new videos that are out there. Uh, I just started a whole new batch of stuff. Uh, or email me, danielggarza at hotmail.com. danielggarza at hotmail.com. And just say you heard me on, on the show, and I will respond. There you go. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for sitting down with me with this hour, and I hope to uh, thank see you, you soon. I, I am right, so madly in love with you now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. And again, for more information uh, for Daniel, uh, look him up online or go to Pause Radio for links to his website and information. Um, wow, he's getting more. Well, uh, Aaron did it last week, and Josh is pumping stuff out. I'm going to need to get on YouTube a little bit more. I'm going to work on it as soon as I get some free time, guys. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, and next week, um, 
we're going to be speaking with uh, Dorian Alexander, who has his own podcast down in Louisiana. So join us. Again, more information on me, go to Podline Radio across all social networks. And have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Paz IM. You can listen to us each and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we bring you your weekly dose of hope. Join in the conversation on social media, Paz IM Radio, and at Aaron Laxton. And while you're on there, check out I'm Still Josh as he brings the HIV scoop of the week. Also, if you've not checked out the positive message campaign from Rise Up to HIV, be sure to do so. For all of you who contribute and make this show possible, thank you so very much. If you think you have a story that needs to be covered or you would like to come on air and talk to Robert and myself, please let us know. We want to bring content that you need and that you want. Be sure to download this episode on iTunes and past episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. From all of us over here at Paz IM Radio, from Robert Brining and myself, have a safe and healthy week. And until we speak again, stay positive. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.